Hello, everybody, and welcome back. So I'm sitting across the table from one of my very good friends, Miss Melissa Ebling, right? Yes. Yes, I said it right. Okay, cool. Um, welcome to the podcast, Melissa. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm freaking jazz that we're finally doing this same girl so i actually it was so funny melissa like replied to one of my dms about my podcast and i was like oh my god who a better person to have than her so um me and melissa met well, like almost two years oh not a year god. and a half ago now yeah. pays to be brave in san diego and uh well i'll let her i'll let her tell her story about how she ended up here um but yeah melissa welcome to the podcast thank you, thank you. um and yeah so let's kind of get started a little bit about you so you're into fitness. You're now an online uh, health mindset coach um, of many things, but tell us a little bit about kind of what got you into the realm of fitness and kind of like why you are here today. Okay, cool. So personally, just my own journey with fitness. Um, I played volleyball year round for a decade. Like it was my true passion. So I was always an athlete. And then I got to college, wasn't playing volleyball anymore. Didn't want to gain the freshman 15. So I was like, cool, I'm gonna go to the gym. And I was the girl who was always doing cardio, did not touch a weight, whatever, whatever. Went through that whole process and then um, got into bodybuilding. So I am a bikini competitor and I've competed twice. And throughout that entire process, throughout college, as well as um, graduate school, I actually went to law school. I became more and more just like called to fitness in terms of how I was training and like I wanted to compete and things like that, but also I saw the opportunity for it to be a career. And that kind of led to a lot of things that I'm sure we'll get into, but I was basically um, very stuck between, okay, like I've been a student my whole life, I'm on this path, with law school, versus I see people doing this online coaching thing and I feel very strongly about it. So. Um, that's just kind of like a broad overview of my, I don't know, fitness experience up until now. So if you want to kind of prompt me or if you have specific questions, I can definitely yeah. dive into stuff. Yeah, cool. So you're now obviously living in California, San yes. Diego. My girl moved out to California. <laughs> um, so obviously for you, so let, let's kind of backtrack here. So you were in law school. So this is kind of where I want to start off with things. Yeah. So I can imagine for you, um, there was a lot of pressure right and I just remember I was reading the one post where you talked about like your anxiety and if it's cool if we eventually get to open up a little bit about that too um but tell me a little bit about what it felt like having like all these ideologies on you and like all of these this pressure to finish law school and like be a lawyer like what was that feeling for you yeah totally so and we can definitely get into the anxiety stuff the nitty-gritty but basically the reason that I ended up in law school is because I took a legal class in my undergraduate program and there is a boss attorney I still have so much respect for her like she's crushing it um, I just basically wanted to follow in her footsteps she really inspired me and I, I did enjoy like the legal class obviously and I was like okay cool I'm gonna go to law school and just as a preface like I have nothing bad to say about law school I have nothing bad to say about the profession or my experience like I met incredible people there and the staff at my law school is just absolutely phenomenal and I wouldn't change it for anything because like duh it made me who I am today but obviously throughout that time everybody in my life like I've always been like the smart kid right I've never had trouble with grades so everybody just got to the point where they expected that from me and obviously I expected it from myself and 
I don't know if anybody has taken the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram type one and type ones hold themselves to a higher standard than anybody else in their lives. So it's not only like the internal battle of like, oh my gosh, I might not follow through with this. I might not become a lawyer and practice law, but it's also the external. Of course, you know, I'm working at a law firm. I've got a job lined up and it felt like I was living a double life because at this point, when I started having this realization, I was in prep for my first show and I was a 2L, so a second year in law school. And that's when things really start getting real in law school. So not only was I just enrolled full time, which is obviously super busy, but I was also on prep. I was getting up at 3 a.m. to go do my fasted cardio and then come back home, get ready, go to school, go to class, go back to the gym go do my homework. And then on top of all that, I was also competing on the mock trial team, um, through law school. So we actually traveled to Alabama for like a competition. Um, it was really cool, but again, I just was so overcommitted and again, super stuck because I was living that double life. I wanted to be like the fitness girl on Instagram who was going to compete, but then I wanted to be the really good student at school who was well-rounded and involved. And then I also wanted to be the really awesome, like up and coming new associate at the law firm. And it was just a lot. And eventually, you know, if you ignore things that your gut is telling you for years on end, um, it will manifest in physical symptoms and it will kind of just, I like to say, drop kick you uh, right in the bung and make you listen to it. So I ended up, um, I remember the way that things kind of happened. It was my final semester of law school. So I had enrolled in a bar prep course. I was like, oh, I'm going to be ahead of the game, right? I'm an overachiever. I'm going to start studying for the bar early. And it had to be like first or second week of my final semester. So this is like August of 2018 because I graduated in December of 2018 and I like got sick kind of like I got like a head cold or something I was like oh this sucks like stuff was going around whatever and then after a week or so I like got over it but then there were like weird residual symptoms like hanging around and I started to think about it and like I, I know things about the human body right like anatomy and physiology and it was like I couldn't take a deep breath Or like if I tried to, I had chest pains and I was like, oh my God, like this could be something very, very serious. But I was just paralyzed with like, I don't know what to do about this. So this continued for a few days and I wear an Apple watch and just slowly over those days, my heart rate just elevated and it would stay there. Like we're talking like 90s and I'm just sitting in a chair. The worst it ever got was I was sitting in class and it was like 140, I think. Like my just heart, sitting there? Yeah. Let's talk about what a regular resting heart yeah. is. Y'all, it's like 45 to maybe like what? 70? 70? Yeah, yeah, max. Like, wow. Yeah. And in a trained individual, it's going to be lower. So yeah, right. it's that much worse. And it just got to the point where I, everything fell off. Like I had vertigo. I was not myself. Like I would wake up in the morning and ask myself like, okay, like, is it going to be another day of this? And it always was. It was always another day of that. And there were times where I was just standing like in my shower, just like paralyzed. Like I could not move. And if you've experienced anxiety before, then, then you know what this feels like. But the best way that I can describe it is that your body is in fight or flight mode even though you consciously know that you are totally safe, like in your apartment. And so whatever, this goes on for a few days. And I'm finally 
sitting in class. I go to my next class. There's like two minutes until it starts. And I'm with my best friend sitting next to him. And I was like, I think I have to go. Like I have to get out of here right now because there've been several times where I had to like leave class, walk outside, get some water, whatever. And this day I was fully convinced that like I was dying, like no lie. I was fully convinced. And so I left, I went to urgent care, which by the way, the first urgent care turned me down because it wasn't urgent care hours. And I was like, I don't think it's safe for me to drive right now. Like my heart was pounding. I would, I thought I was going to die. I get to the other urgent care and, um, they do like an EKG and all these tests and stuff. And they're like, you are fine. This is probably just anxiety. And at that point I was like, oh my God, cause I had never experienced this in my life. And now I like, at that point I finally understood what people were talking about when they talked about like how extreme this can be and how it can affect your day to day. So after that, I was like, okay, I just paid a lot of money for some peace of mind, which is worth it. Right. Um, because in that moment I was going to call my parents and tell them like, I loved them, but I didn't think like I was going to be okay. But then I didn't want that to be their last memory of me. So I didn't call them like, that's how serious this was. And so after that, whatever I find out like, okay, this is anxiety. And I decide that's it. Like I'm getting through this on my own. I don't want medications like and I have nothing against that because I understand that some people like their brain chemistry requires that they take medications to manage it. And I'm so glad that that exists. But I wanted to approach things from a holistic standpoint, first and foremost. And if I needed anything else to lean on, then I would be open to it. So made that choice. And honestly, like that whole time period was such a blur. I just remember the worst of it. But I worked through things. I did start taking CBD. That was a big thing that helped me. That's what got me to class for like the rest of the semester. And once I verbalized, um, I was at coffee with a friend one day and I didn't even know that these words were going to come out of my mouth, but I looked at her and I go, I don't want to take the bar. And I was like, oh my God, I think I just like something else just came through me and said that. And so once I verbalized that to her and I felt safe, like speaking it out loud, then I was able to say that to my family. Like I'm very close to my dad and I called him and I'm just, I I couldn't even talk because I was like crying and he's like, what is wrong? Like, you know, just tell me. I was like, I don't want to take the bar and I don't want to be a lawyer. And he's like, that's fine. You're fine. Like, wow. Yeah. That's a great great reaction. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very lucky that I'm so supported. Like nobody in my life or my family questioned me once. And I think that's because they know me well enough to know that if I want something, I will do anything to make it happen. And, you know, maybe behind the scenes, they were like, okay, I don't know what you're going to do. But if they did, like they never said it and it doesn't matter anyway. Um, so that was kind of like the turning point in my life and the whole California thing. Like I always knew I wanted to move out here ever since I set foot here on like a volunteer trip in college, but I was stuck back home in Kansas City because I was enrolled in law school. So for a while, my plan was, okay, I'll move to California and I'll take the California bar exam and I'll practice law until I can be like a coach. And, you know, push came to shove and I think my gut was like, dude, you cannot do all this. Like you have a choice right now and it's time to figure that out. And so I took a lot of risks and leaps, but... Yeah, so that's that's kind of what I want to backtrack and talk to you about. So 
being really affirmative because that shit is hard, okay? Um, and obviously, like, you already had so much going for you. Like, I know for my story, I was like, okay, well, I drop out year one. I'm fine. I have no college debt. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be good, you know? Um, so for you, because I know obviously taking the approach just, like, even with your family and friends, you made it sound so easy. I was like, yes, Melissa, <laughs> I love that for you, girl. But tell me a little bit about, and, and the listeners, like, tell us what was going through your head and when you were approaching, like, your family and friends, like, what made you not step down? Because there's obviously so much risk there. And obviously we look at, you know, our loved ones and we're like, well, what if, what if? Like, what was going through your head right before you were telling them these things? Yeah, so I think the biggest part of it was, again, back to the being affirmative affirmations because like I said once I verbalized like what I was truly feeling deep down even though I wasn't ready to say it it made it just a little bit more real Mm -hmm. and a little bit more possible so then of course you know your brain gets to going you're like okay like how could I really do this and it's like well if you want to crunch numbers if you are you know a very logistical kind of person like okay how many dollars do you need to do this or Mm -hmm. how many whatever um for me I'm more of like an intuitive like softer kind of person like trusting my gut but I I did I was seeing a therapist during this time so she helped with a lot just shifting my perspective um and something that I think the biggest takeaway I had from my sessions with her was you know how to handle fear because she asked you know what are you afraid of and I'm thinking okay what if I move to California and I fail like what if I don't have money and I'm homeless and I'm on the street and like Then I'm just that dumb girl who had everything lined up for her and she threw it all away. And the thing was, you know, my gut's telling me, like, I don't want it. And so I told her, you know, I was scared to fail. And she said, well, when have you failed before? And I was like, I don't fail. And she's like, okay, cool. So you have all this evidence in your (laughs) life showing that you don't fail. She's like, where's the evidence that you're going to fail? And I was like, damn. Damn. You are right. That hit different. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it really comes down to like uh, weighing things out too. Like I always weigh out like the worst case scenario versus the best case scenario. And then the best case scenario is always like there. And then the worst case is like so radical. And I'm like, that shit's never going to happen. Yes. You know, and especially if you're someone who maybe isn't, isn't even naturally motivated, but I think just as like human nature we don't want to fail Mm -hmm. and so like you do what you can in order to get somewhere too um and obviously that served for you Mm -hmm. so obviously the decision that you made and I always say this like there's never a wrong decision because the decision that you make is right for what is lined up for you in the future yes right so if it is the wrong decision it just can't be because even if it goes wrong it's still going right in the future Mm -hmm. so obviously that's happened for you I mean I'm pretty sure you're content with where life is at (laughs) it's crazy so um so let's talk a little bit about like when I met you at Pace Be Brave Mm -hmm. so a little over a year and a half ago so tell me like what point was this at your in your life was this like when you were right out of law school or so this was at the same time okay wow that's why Pace Be Brave was so perfect for me because that summer I bought the ticket and I was like uh, probably couldn't even afford it. Yeah. Like, I was like, I don't know how this is going to work out, but like, I have to go to this thing. And for anybody who doesn't know, Pace to be Brave is an entrepreneurship conference. Um, obviously where Kendall and I met, so great for networking. And I was like, if I'm serious about this, I need to learn things. So Pace to be Brave was in October of 2018. And all of this anxiety stuff when I was at my worst was end of August and like into September. So 
I'm not lying when I say pays to be brave, like came at the perfect time and changed my life, changed my perspective and opened me up to a lot of the mindset work with like feeling abundant and knowing that like there is enough success. There is more than enough success for everyone to go around because it's really easy to look at like coaches or anybody that you look up to in the online space or whatever and think like, well, they like, I will never get there, but that's a lie that your ego makes up. The real story is that if she can do it, so can I. Yeah. And that's one thing that we talked about too, is putting yourself in a position to be around people that have the same mindset. Like me and Melissa guys, oh my God. Every every time that we go home to, so I'm from Pennsylvania and she's from Kansas. Okay. So like when we go home, we're around people and we're like, trying to help them understand manifestation and they're like no that's never gonna happen so it's also about stepping into that abundant mindset but also an abundant environment where like you don't have to put yourself around people who are just gonna constantly knock down your ideas and i think that was another thing because i was even pretty early on in my business when i went to the first year of face to be brave and i realized that there were like you said so many other coaches doing this damn thing and i'm like whoa wait like i can do this damn thing you know age doesn't matter nothing matters um so for you, Melissa, after kind of being exposed to that, what was your next step? Tell, tell the people how San Diego came into fruition. Oh, man. So, I mean, I became obsessed with San Diego the moment I stepped out of the airport to go to Pace to Be Brave. And then, um, you know, I guess we can talk about Lexi now. because Oh, so, Lexi! Let's Lexi, talk about Lexi is my roommate, and obviously she's friends with Kendall as well. And Lexi and I basically met via social media. Um, we used to have the same coach, so we were teammates, and we had actually met up um, once at LA Fit like a couple years back, and that was like not a big deal. But then we kind of kept in contact throughout the summer, uh, or throughout the year, and then when I came for Pace to be Brave, we met up for lunch, and I just poured my freaking heart out oh, to this girl, yes. like bless, bless Lexi, because... She was doing what I wanted to be doing. And she just, like, gave me some insight. She was just very chill, like, down to earth. Like, we vibed instantly, which now it's, in hindsight, it's like, well, duh. You guys, like, (laughs) meant to, like, be roommates, basically. Basically, like, sisters. And she was like, we're going to get you out here. And I was like, oh, my God. She's like, I don't care if you have to sleep on my couch. We're going to make this happen. And I was like, how awesome is it that, like, this genuine girl like wants the best for me and like that's how our whole squad is our whole now. squad is like that it's love amazing. it amazing yeah. and so then so that was pace me break was october 2018 and then i came out here for la fit january 2019 and we then we drove back to san diego where lexi lived and looked at apartments when i was here and then i moved here two months later march 2019 so coming up on my one year oh my I can't believe how, how fast it's going by holy crap and that's that's the other thing too you mentioned about like our our little fam that we have here in San Diego is like we just surrounded ourselves with people who just genuinely want the best for everyone like genuinely no competition like someone asks advice about coaching and it's like okay like before me and Melissa started this podcast literally talking about how we can advance with the coaching like both yeah. of us you know there's no competition we're both coaches but like we both serve and like we can both bounce ideas off of each other and I think that's a lot of the problem with like just the the generation that we live in too is like everyone seeing things as competition 
And like you said, stepping into the abundant mindset. Um, so for you, in regards to you moving out here to San Diego, tell us a little bit of the story about what that looked like. Because I know it was just kind of like a pack it up and go type of deal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the craziest thing about it, kind of circling back to manifestation, is I had sat down with um, with Chloe. She's a oh, money coach. Chloe. She went to Pace Me Brave. That's where I met her. Um, ironically, Chloe had moved to Kansas City right before I moved away. And so we're sitting down and we were talking about budgeting for this move. And she told me the dollar amount that I needed to do this move. And I was like, okay, well, I don't have that, but we're going to make it happen. And I launched my first group program and got the exact dollar amount that she told me I needed to move. It's meant to be. Yeah. So that was at the beginning of the year. And oh my God, that was like a year ago right now. That's crazy. Wow. So much has changed. But so basically what I did is I just did my own research. I like looked into like u-hauls versus like shipping your car versus driving and like just how i talked to people that i knew that had moved across the country and i ended up using pods i'm sure everybody's seen those things um so i got a pod and my dad helped me pack it up and then my best friend from home and i drove from kansas city to san diego in two days never i mean great memories but never again. Wow. I had PTSD from Two that. Two days? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Um, so we moved down here and just kind of, I mean, things were like logistically pretty seamless, right? Because when you have an online business, you can work from anywhere. And I remember like we had nothing in the apartment and I was doing a Facebook Live that night with my girls. Wow. So That's amazing. it just kind of all worked out. And people ask, you know, was I scared to do that? And honestly... The answer is no, because it is something that I had wanted for so long. I wanted to move out here because I knew that like there was so much waiting for me on the other side. I just couldn't see it until I took that leap. Right. I think, and I think like a huge takeaway is just like understanding, like don't have a plan B because like for you, if you're going to try and not fail, right. Which is like what we were saying by human nature, we just don't want to do. Like if you're giving yourself a plan B, like obviously having some kind of safety net, like you and Chloe sat down budgeted that's freaking smart you should obviously like lay out the logistics of things and be smart about it like same thing with me I had my safety net where like I was making enough money to actually make the move cross country at that point so it made sense for me but you know I think like like we talked about earlier just being affirmative and not having like that plan b is is really the step that you have to take in order for you to be able to get past you know whatever it is that you're trying to get past um so for you melissa with where with where like you currently stand um i know recently you've made like a lot of shifts you've had like huge like just wins um so i'm kind of wondering for you in terms of where you're at if you have like one piece of advice for the people out there to just strive for their strength what would that be my biggest piece of advice always, and maybe it's kind of vague, but you know, it's something that you can learn, you can practice, is to trust your gut because that thing never lies. And like I said earlier, there's so much waiting for you on the other side, but you you don't get to see it until you it's like it's like the whole burn the bridges, right? Or burn the boats or whatever that saying is. You burn know? the bridges. Burn the bridges. Yeah. yeah. Nice. If you want the if you want the island, you have to burn the boats, yeah. right? So basically, you have to let go of everything that's keeping you like anchored to the ground, where you are now. Because if you want to change, you have to clear some space to step into that new version of you, and that's going to require doing scary things, taking the leap, 
and just letting go of what's behind you. Now, obviously, like Kendall said, be smart about it. Don't just be like, I have $42 in my savings account and I think I'm going to move. Like, don't do that. Specifically to California where yeah. everything costs 10 times that amount. Yeah, so, but there, there's never going to be a time where you're ready. So trust your gut and, and just go after it because nobody wants to get to their deathbed and think back and wonder like, why did I not just go for it? Right. Right. And y'all, let me just tell you right now, Melissa is like one of the most real, straight up, non-BS human beings on the planet. It's why I like literally love her, try to give as much time as I can with her. So you guys need, need to go follow her. She is on multiple platforms. So Melissa, if you want to go ahead and give the people your info, YouTube, Instagram, mm-hmm. etc., yeah. let them know where to get you. Totally. Well, thank you for your sweet words. Yeah, uh, I freaking love you. Um, so my Instagram is just at Melissa Jane underscore fit. And then you can find me on YouTube if you just search Melissa Jane. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for joining us. Um, as always, guys, remember, I will be doing a review of the week on the next podcast. So if you guys want to go ahead and leave us a review, it would be greatly appreciated. I will also be giving one little a little bit of a, a win to our uh, review of the week next week. So thank you guys so much for listening in. I will catch you guys on the next one.